0: Welcome to the Go and Tell Gals podcast with Jess Connolly and Kenesha Bikes. Today, we're talking to one of our friends, a woman who runs on mission. We are praying this conversation leaves you fired up and ready to go right where you're at. We're super thankful for you. Let's go. Hey, okay, Cassandra, this is the first reboot of Go and Tell Gals podcast that I get to be in person with someone. What? Yes. I mean, we've only recorded... a few- episodes in our like new series i mean our, like you know like, we took a year off but this is our first one in person since we restarted and it's dreamy the bummer is you and i are like eight feet apart mm-hmm. so i'm sorry about that <laughs> but we had to be for sound reason so i, I want to touch but hi Hello. thank you for joining us on the podcast today it's such a privilege listen okay this is the dream. You're here in Charleston. We're actually kicking off our first ever like in-person retreat for women who are le- already in leadership. And so you and I are about to spend all weekend together. I can't wait with a bunch of other women. But will you just tell everybody about you, what mission looks like in your life, what you're up to right now?
1: Well, uh, as just said, I'm Cass Spear, or Cassandra Spear. Uh, I am partner and director of Her True Worth. I'm a mother on mission. I do a lot of pandemic parenting and a lot of working in co working spaces. I'm a creative. I opened my first shop this last January. So, I mean, so fun. Opened a shop during the pandemic. So, it's good. And God is good. And He's been using it in such a great way in so many different people's lives. And I get to tell people about Jesus for a living. And that is really what mission looks like for me it's messy and it's gritty and it's beautiful all at once
0: so cool okay I just found this out about you it's my new favorite fact that I would love to talk about that you used to be a hairstylist Mm -hmm. so I don't think I've ever talked about this on the podcast but before I decided to go into ministry doing hair was like that was it for me that was what I was going to do for sure almost went to Aveda hair school like like genuinely applied everything. And then about six months later, I ended up getting pregnant with my first baby. And I was like, well, I'll wait. So I never went back. But please talk about that. Talk about the transition from beauty to ministry.
1: I started doing hair uh, my junior year of high school. I had moved from a city in Wisconsin to Texas. First time I ever moved. And they didn't know what to do with me because my credits were strange. And so they offered me some extracurriculars in true teenage fashion. I was like, you know what? I can play with hair. That sounds good. So, So that's what I did. And I graduated from cosmetology school the summer I graduated from high school and wow. did hair for over a decade. It was a really good way for me to supply for my needs yeah. and move out of a toxic environment that was, at the time, not the best. So yeah, it gave me the ability to bring out the beauty of others, but it also connected me with finding Jesus, which is kind of great. I went to hair school with somebody who invited me to church. So wow. did hair for over a decade was really good at it enjoyed it. But sometimes just because you're good at something or it comes easily does not necessarily mean it's
0: what you're supposed to do. So, yeah. Yeah. It's funny. Do you find yourself like saying phrases over and over again? I say this phrase over and over again. If anybody's listened to the Go and Tell Gals podcast more than twice, they've probably heard me say it. But when I talk about women running on mission, I say, you know, using what you've got for the good of others, the glory of God. That's what we say at Go and Tell Gals. And then I typically list a few other professions like out so people know we're not just talking about women who do formal ministry or vocational ministry and I always say stylists baristas college students because for me I'm like that's it that's that is ministry you're someone's hair you are all up in their soul you are they're doing their deepest darkest secrets you're also helping them fight, like probably like defeat and fear. Like so many crazy things happen as a stylist. So it's interesting to me, Anna, who's now the director of Go and Tell Gals, she used to work at Anthropology and we actually share that in common. We both used to work at Anthropology. And I remember when I first brought her on to Go and Tell gals, I was like, you're used to merchandising dresses and now we're going to merchandise the gospel. There is a crossover here. So what crossover do you see between ministry and hairstyling?
1: It's actually amazing that you asked me that because it's something I think about regularly. My favorite part of doing hair has always been when I was an apprentice at an upscale salon in Texas, we were trained to do the person's hair, whether it's color, whatever it is, with their back to the mirror. Wow. And so when you were finished, you would turn them around, Mm -hmm. spin that chair, and the just glow on their faces when they saw what you see in the mirror It's the same with the gospel to me that they don't, they're blind. They don't see the work that's happening and then they turn around and they see the goodness in themselves. And that has always been my favorite part is seeing them receive the truth of the beauty within them. That's outwardly seen. And that's the gospel to me is knowing the goodness of God, despite what you can't see. And so that's how I see it kind of mirroring. And Second second Corinthians 3, I
0: just had to look it up because I was like, right, this is in the word. And we, with unveiled faces, contemplate the Lord's glory, are being transformed into his image with the ever-increasing glory, which comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. That unveiled faces is a reference to Moses and how he had to cover his face after he was with God on Sinai because... when you spend time with God when you get in grace you know when you get truth it does make you like shine it makes you have that glorious moment wow that's really beautiful I love that okay so what has the last year of ministry looked like for you pandemic coming out of the pandemic like shaking it off what does it feel like
1: I feel very pliable that's the best way that I can explain that. Not that I was hardened going into the pandemic. I just feel like my vision had a bit more of like a filtering on it. Yeah. So after the pandemic, I feel like a lot of things, truths were being brought to the surface. And for me, seeing as they were, doing, I didn't have a choice, but to speak into those things and deal with those things inwardly and outwardly, just a tenderness viable feeling oh that's so good we started saying
0: it around here like a week or two into the pandemic we were talking about how fragile we all feel and what was more jarring than noticing how fragile we felt was realizing like we had actually always been that fragile you know mm-hmm. and I think with fragility like noticing how fragile you are noticing how how pliable you are you can either embrace it and <laughs> you can be like no I think that's going to be really mm-hmm. you know so interesting so good okay I'd love to just hear more about what your day-to-day work looks like what is it like what do you you wake up or you you go to the co-working space what do you sit down to do
1: well after I've gotten all my tiny humans ready for the day yes. um, I drive downtown to downtown OKC which is about 25 minutes and I usually jam worship music Maverick City music is my favorite.
0: What's your favorite Maverick City song right now?
1: Promises. Okay. Like, hands down. Just hands
0: down. Okay. Here's my favorite thing about Maverick City music. I'm a big Maverick City music band. Milton Lake is a friend of ours who was here in Charleston. <laughs> okay. I was asking you, what is your you said promises is your favorite Maverick City song. Oh, this is what my small random aside about Maverick City is that I went on a run the other day. Went on a three mile run so like a little over 30 minutes for me and my favorite thing is that I only listen to three Maverick City songs like that's when you know because they're they're so long <laughs> this is the best I Only have to listen to three songs that's the dream but my favorite one right now is how does it go I should not sing on the podcast that would be horrible everything is yours it's the like spontaneous they say like everything is yours Everything is yours. I'm really into that one. Okay, Okay.
1: so you're listening to Maverick City on the way to work. Then what happens when you So I usually spot my normal spot because I'm a creature of habit. Mm -hmm. And I'll check emails. uh, I'll evaluate depending on what day of the week it is. Right now, I'm only getting about two days a week to work. So depending on the day of the week, I will either batch things for Her True Worth, our text community, working on different projects, Talking with Brittany, my partner and the founder and visionary, Her True Worth, Brittany Mayer. And it just kind of depends on what day of the week. It's a Monday. That's generally what my tasks are, is working on Her True Worth stories, which is a creature in and of itself. We really like to curate our stories to serve our community in a way that is very tangible and accessible. So we enjoy doing DMs and responding. And we like to share a lot of different people's things, artists, creatives. It kind of feels like Christmas every time we get to do that your stories are a work of art they're really 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 good I think over
0: it like I know if I want some like good information listed, or if I want like a current take on like how like what are the like I've always got her true words her true worth stories and I'm super blessed by that so mm-hmm. good yeah.
1: well and then on a Afternoon, so that's my morning. Mm-hmm. I try to get much of that done, and then I'll work on things for the shop
0: okay. for hard and holy
1: shop, which is yes. separate. Yeah, that's my thing, uh-huh. and so we do a lot of customer contact, sure, things like that, and other projects that I can't mention at the okay. moment, but take okay. the bulk of my time. I love
0: it. Okay, let's talk about hard and holy because I want to hear like when all this phrase came to be like solidified for you what does it mean i'm on board i retweet hard and holy but tell
1: me all about it i would say that hard and holy work for me began as just something i would say to myself Mm -hmm. privately and as far as like a more eloquent response that is the fact of the matter is that we live in the tension of the hard and holy on a daily basis and Not just the hard work inwardly that God does within us, whether it be refinement, sanctification, uh, ugly things that come out and have to be uprooted. It's hard work, but it's holy work. Motherhood is hard and holy work. Pandemic parenting is hard and holy work. Yeah. Marriage is hard and holy work. I have college students who send themselves in their Classes with their sweaters, I've got stay-at-home moms that will yeah. tell me about their wash day with their daughter and how they just really resonate with the fact that it's hard and holy work. I think it really depends on who you ask. It started as one thing to me, mm-hmm. and it was very personal to me, and then when I shared it with the world, it took on its own life, yeah. and it became very individual to the person, yeah. which is amazing and crazy all at once, because that wasn't necessarily the intent.
0: Yeah, that's so good. (laughs) I love that. It's so good. I love it when that happens. And, you know, it it resonates so much with us, because I feel like one of the most powerful things we can do at Go and Tell Girls, I feel like one of the most powerful things, anyone who, like, carries any kind of influence in the world, which, P.S., is all of us, one of the most important things we can do is normalize that like obeying God is hard. And I don't think we can be too simplistic about that. And I don't think we can overthink that too much, but that it takes a pressing in. There would not be so much in God's word about perseverance and patience and pressing in and trials and discipline and maturity. that wasn't real for so many of us. So good.
1: Okay. So that
0: question we love to ask on we go and tell God's podcast is what's hard about your calling right now?
1: Oh, You know, I read over that on my plane right here this morning. Mm. And honestly, it feels so very sweet right now. Mm. I guess I would say the hardest thing is believing God at His Word. Yeah. As far as for me personally, which don't want to divulge too much of my innermost thoughts. Yeah. But. Knowing that God is good and believing God is good for me and to me and and looking back in remembrance. I think that's why Promises is my favorite song is because it's, you know, you get to the mountaintop. You you overcome an obstacle, and every time you see a new obstacle, it's like the first one, and you forget, right? Right. And that's hard. Every time you come against a new one and you're like, I know what you did, and I know what you've done. Yeah. But can we do this? Can I do this with you and through you because— It looks insurmountable. That's hard.
0: Yeah, it's so hard. I was reading the other day. I don't know why I've never caught this part in my entire life in scripture, but I was reading about the two different times that God had to take the Israelites over a body of water and, you know, obviously everybody talks about Moses parting the Red Sea, God using Moses to part the Red Sea, and how he weighed his staff. But I don't think I never caught how the, the next time is when Joshua has to take the Israelites into the land that God's promised them. Moses is dead, and they're like ready finally after 40 years to move into this land. And it says that Joshua instructed the priests, actually, God instructed Joshua to tell the people that the priests would actually have to put their feet in the water. And so this. Like, even this understanding that, like, after you grow and after you experience something and after you see God move, the next time you get to an obstacle, like, it may actually require more faith. It may require more bravery, more courage, more trust, not less. Mm -hmm. Like, we don't rest on God's past provision, which is crazy. Like, we have to continually trust Him again. It's a lot. (laughs) <laughs> That's hard. That's it's hard, hard and holy.
1: It is hard, and it is. And holy. he is a he is holy, and he's working in those rough spots and those hard places. And gosh, he's so good. I can't. I'm just gonna gush over it. Jesus yeah. is just amazing.
0: He's a really good friend and a really good guy.
1: He doesn't leave you with the hardship either. Like yeah. he's a co-laborer. I mean. The sovereignty and the servitude of God is just...
0: I'm with you, sister.
1: Okay, how can our Go and Tell Girls listeners
0: be praying for you? How can they be praying for what you've got going on, for the heart and the holy shot for all the things?
1: If you could, first and foremost, just pray a hedge of protection over my home, mm-hmm. unity and protection over my family, my children. Yeah. It's been a crazy time. And our, and, and our numbers are going great here and school has just returned and it's about to end. But so that, and the transition to normalcy for our children, that would be great. And just, you know, pray for clarity and bravery.
0: Amen, we agree. All right,
1: thank you so much for joining us. Thank you.
0: Friends, thank you so much for joining us today. We are grateful that you were able to listen in. If you love this episode, would you do us a favor and leave a review so other friends can find this episode? We pray it encouraged you and left you feeling equipped to run on mission right where you're at. We're super grateful for you and we will see you next week on Instagram.